Welcome to the OWP. This is our wrestling okay. podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. Hello, David. My name is Jess. Cut. And cuz. Best regards. Don't forget Craig. Rest in peace. Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, The Last Ride. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. And don't forget, we are also part of the WrestleHub family, all about wrestling podcasts. Find them at the WrestleHub on YouTube and Instagram. What's going on, guys? Nothing. What's up? Bud? <laughs> Well, we're doing the little episode called The Last Ride. For those of you that have been uh, living in a in a hole, which I guess most of us have, hopefully you've caught The Last Ride uh, five sessions on the WWE Network. If not, we highly recommend it. That's what we're going to talk about today. We don't normally go over current events. This is a little bit different because this really truly is The Undertaker's Last Ride. Uh, it sounds like the official <clears throat> retirement is in effect as of this week, no? Yeah, it's it's been a crazy kind of summer, right, in 2020. And I think there's a lot of parallels. The Michael Jordan um, Last Dance aired on ESPN. And in the middle of quarantine, it's what everyone watched on ESPN. It's the only sports that you had. And then that's, that was followed up by um, The Last Ride, WWE Network's version of The Undertaker, the first time you've seen kind of um, Mark Calloway introduced out to the world in five episodes, five hours of mark calloway so um and with it culminating with his retirement and there's going to be a lot of spoilers in here so i don't know if you want to watch it if you haven't um seen it but i don't think it's critical to have seen it i enjoy this episode but um i I think in all of us the what we were discussing it's just a great time and timely with his retirement just to go over overall thoughts of this episode and the last ride and our initial thoughts and he's done a bunch of press Mark Calloway has an undertaker to break out a character for the first time in 30 years. It's just a, such a crazy, interesting time. And I'd love to hear your, your guys all thoughts about not only last dance, but Mark Calloway coming out and is the retirement like real. And then what's going on. So it's not so much a legacy episode as it is more focused on this documentary. And the first time we've seen undertaker outside the mask, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get it. Cheers. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, he's more like the Cal Ripken rather than the Michael Jordan, I think, of the wrestling world. His longevity is going to be unmatched. I don't think anybody can really match it. Even the last five years, six years, whatever, he's been only showing up at Mania. It doesn't matter. He shows up and then he will crush it, you know, and do at least have one of the top three matches on the card that night, if not the best. And so I think, yeah, you know, a lot of people do, like Craig said, obviously it was put out to kind of match the last dance docuseries for Jordan. But uh, I don't, I wouldn't call Taker the Jordan of wrestling. I think that's for somebody else. I think that he's the Cal Ripken. He's the long <laughs> guy. Uh, and, and, but he's, he's dependable. And every time you counted on him, just like every time you counted on Cal, he would uh, effectively do the job you ask him to do very well. And I think that really describes the Undertaker for thir- I mean, he's been wrestling for longer than 30 years, but he joined the WWF in November of 90 as the Undertaker character. And for th- almost 30 years, we have known him as the Undertaker. 
in whatever shape or form he decided to present to us. We know we'll talk later about the different uh, undertakers he morphed into. But uh, yeah, like, I mean, there's nobody that's going to match his longevity. There's nobody that's going to match his work ethic. There's nobody that's going to match uh, his loyalty to Vince. Um, I think he's, if WCW didn't go into business, I think Sting would have stayed in WCW. He's the Sting version of the WWF, or maybe Sting was the Undertaker version of, you know, WCW. I don't know how you want to word it, but that's how I compare him. It's funny that people always wanted to see a Sting versus Taker match because they were both the guys that never left, that never jumped ship during the Monday Night Wars, that never, yes, Taker came from WCW as mean Mark McCallis, but um, it's those two guys were always compared because they never left. And then, of course, WCW was bought out, so Sting had no choice to go to TNA and then go to WWF eventually. Taker has been there throughout the entire time. The ups, the downs, the, you know, all the titles, all the character changes. He really is, like, he might be, the greatest character Vince has ever created. I think he is actually the greatest character that Vince has ever created. Yeah. And I think the themes um, that resonate, I think you're right, Jesse. He's definitely not Jordan, but I think the parallels between last Scotty dance Pippen. and last ride is the focus on like legacy. The reason why Jordan allowed uh, footage from that final, um, that final NBA championship led to like, is it going to be me or LeBron that's kind of better? And it's about like what your legacy is. And I think the same with Undertaker too. Why now let WWE cameras into your world? And it just, I think this documentary took three or four years to put together. And then both these guys are both also known as the most private guys in the world. Um, like Jordan, you never really know who Jordan was. Same with Undertaker. Like he never dropped his gimmick. Like um, it's, it was just interesting to see these five hours of, Getting 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 no getting no mark, you guys, right? <laughs> Cause what say you, man? Man, what a session! Scotty Pippen, right? Is that who we're gonna compare him to instead of Michael Jordan? Is it Scotty Pippen of wrestling? Yeah, that's a good comparison. I don't know. I'm just I'm just fucking around. No, but I don't think you know. Uh, big... Touche. Um, yeah, big part of. Uh, my childhood memory, man. I, I would say he's up there. I mean, you know, we always talk about, or everyone always talks about Jericho being really versatile and being able to adapt and change his character and longevity. I, I think he put Undertaker right up there with that. And he was always, re, like, it's obviously when he was the dead man, it's kind of the same character. But, you know, he had, like, the Ministry of Darkness Undertaker, which is actually one of my favorite ones. The Biker Taker, uh, his original classic dead man. Even the dead man now is more different because, you know, he's more, like, he utilized uh, MMA and stuff. But Undertaker, man... He, he, he's been around for decades and he's a big part of history. And whether you liked him or not, you know, he's up there with, got to say it, brother, brother, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. He's the top three. They're the top three of the WWE. Fuck the Rock. Oh, 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 wait. Hold on. Well, that, that's a discussion for another time. We're not talking about comparisons. We're not, we're not talking about who's on Rushmore today, but, um, shut up. You know, no, we're not going to talk about that. But, uh, I know not everybody got a chance to watch all the five-part series, but let's talk about some of the portions of the five-part series that you guys were really struck by. Uh, like You're like, oh, I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, what was it, Jess, what was it for you about the five-part series, The Last Ride, that was really like, wow, that was amazing? I mean, I think just like everybody else is going to say, it's the first time. He's done like little shoot interviews back in like 02 and 04, I think, or 05 or something, where he's talked in his normal voice. But this whole series was him being a regular person 
And, uh, you know, with his finally revealing, you know, I mean, I know everybody knew who his wife was, but he talked with her on the series and talked about her, talked about his kids and just kind of was a real person, which you never saw. I, I really liked seeing the scenes where he was with the NXT guys and the way they kind of reacted to him. They were all trying to act too cool for school in that one scene, but yet they all realized after all their sentences, like, that's the fucking Undertaker right there, like right in front of me. And so it's just kind of cool that they had to see that. I like I like watching the young people's humility, like when they see someone big like that, because he you always think about, you know, you how many he hasn't allowed us to see this footage. So how many times do you see footage of the raw 20th anniversary, 25th, whatever, you know, they're doing and you see backstage Stone Cold back there or The Rock or Foley or whatever. And you've seen that a bunch of times. I'm not saying it's not cool to see them out of character like that, but to see The Undertaker sit at a table of all big dudes that are all learning and, and them just kind of looking at him like, oh, shit, like he's really sitting in front of us right now. Like that was kind of I've never seen Taker that vulnerable before, like sitting there. Yeah. I promised Matt Bloom that I would come down here and work with some of their big guys. I'm pretty sure they were all fairly nervous. A lot of times guys, they don't look genuine because they're trying to be something that they're not. And that's a difficult thing to figure out. And once they found out the shock and awe, them, I think they there, there was a couple of things like that for me too. I want to get back to the, to the youngins in a second, <laughs> but you know, for me personally, I, I um, in hearing Mark Kelly for the first time in my mind really talk about the things that, you know, he, he loved or the things that really bothered him. Uh, I, I, I took I was very impressed. And we the Undertaker has grown on us. We, we booed him when we were kids. We were kind of sick of it. It's kind of like another Super Cena before there was Super Cena. Undertaker was always getting over like, oh, I'm so sick of it. Just booed him all the time. You know, we, we'd make kids cry. We talked about it earlier before the recording Did started. Did Vince had to tell him to get in the character for this documentary? I, I, I don't know. Well, Vince, uh, I'll tell you what. Yeah. But what, what's what's really happening when you see Mark Calloway talk is he was so he was so adamant about taking care of the person in the ring with him, which you'd think most wrestlers would be, but I think he considered that more than most. He was so – if he flubbed a move, uh, Roman Reigns comes to mind where he couldn't quite get that final move in. You can see he was disgusted with himself. He was so upset. Maybe not for flubbing the move, but he could have hurt somebody. And that that really bothers him. Also, uh, you know, and Michelle McCool kind of made statement to it for the young guys when he was in Florida. Every time he's in Florida, he's at the performance center helping out all those young big guys to show them how to be successful big guys. And I thought that was pretty cool. You don't hear people talking about Mark Calloway in that sense. And I don't think he would want to be talked about in that sense. He's so humble. Those are the kind of things that I didn't know going into this particular uh, segment of reality TV, if that or documentaries, if you will. That really, that's what really sunk with me. It was pretty cool, you know. I'm, and I'll, I'll take all the all the botches and all that with it. It's fine. And a, a perfect example of the power of this, like my wife, uh, who's watched me watch wrestling for I don't know twenty five years, whatever it is, thirty years. And she watched all five parts and her biggest takeaways was like, she's watch, she's like, I'm watching a guy dealing with someone and, and at a basic level. She made so much sense. I'm watching a guy dealing with getting old and I'm watching a guy having a problem walking away and I'm watching a guy um, who's manipulated. She had a lot of strong thoughts on things. We'll talk to this, like, I think a, a little bit later. Oh, my wife like, too, yeah. <laughs> she's like, why doesn't he just not call him? 
Why can't Vince just let him walk away? You Vince can't. Is the Vince has this, manipulator people. Yeah, Vince knows that every wrestler has that burning inside them. They never want to leave twenty thousand people screaming. Vince knows yeah. that because Vince is like that himself. Even though he's not in front of the camera anymore, Vince can't leave this magic. So Vince knows that people like Taker, Flair, uh, even Hogan to a certain extent, Austin, they all need it. They all want it back. They all. If, if Vince calls, they're like, "Hello, hello." Uh, hi, hi, Vince. Hi. Like they just—it's like they were sitting on their phone waiting for his call. Yeah, I'll be—I'll be at Raw thirtieth. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like Vince knows that, and maybe that's good or bad. And he's preying on the Undertaker like that. But Undertaker says it himself. I'm going to write my own story. I'm going to be done when I'm going to be done. And I think that was—that uh, was uh, the big takeaway for me from this. Was just like, yeah, you finally got to see him. I got a lot at once, right? We've never seen him this personal. And then we get everything at once. Like, yeah. especially the end of this long career. Nobody, even the documentary to me, didn't really show you the grand scope of his career. It's long. No. It's long. Just the last three years, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, not even close. And if there's anything that this documentary left open, and it's a big anything, it's that he could still do a Legacy of the Undertaker DVD. And people or or whatever they do now, digital download, whatever they want to do. There's sure. still a three or four hour documentary they can do from the day that he stepped foot at Survivor Series all the way through now. All his matches with Hogan, with Jake, with the Warrior, with Savage, <clears throat> with uh Yokozuna, with Brett. Austin, with Brett, with Sean, the Hell in the Cell matches alone could be a whole documentary. Like, you know, it's like Mick. There's yeah. so many things that they still can do with him. Now that he's broken character and kind of shown us his vulnerable side, I look forward to not only him being put in the Hall of Fame, but it, all the, the DVDs, the best of takers coming after, like the actual documentaries of him talking about, like I said, all the earlier stuff, how he felt when he won his first title a year after he was in the promotion, how he felt sure. when he won his second world title. Is he more vindicated when the second one than the first one? How would he feel when everybody was jumping ship at WCW? How did he feel? Like, you know, it's just, there's so many things that I want to hear from him because it matters. Maybe because he has been quiet this so long um, that I want to hear it from him, but he's also been that locker room leader and that rock that people talk about, you know, I think that's cool. Love him. Yeah, I guess about yeah. his legacy. Like, how does he want to you be remembered? Him? He can't just walk away. Like, now's the time for him to speak out. Like, Who's his favorite opponent? Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, I mean, there's, I think I know, but like, it, there's a lot of people that he was in the ring with for many times. El Gigante. Well, let's let's push forward a little bit. Let's talk about because I want to run you on this first version here. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. What's up, baby? What is your favorite version of the Undertaker? I I do love me some biker taker. I also love me ministry. So I don't know. It's a toss up between those two. Hmm. But as far as wrestling goes, I mean, I love his post biker, you know, when he's fighting Shawn Michaels and the Triple H's and, you know, well, I, you know, I like, I like biker uh, taker too. Cause Kurt Angle, those guys. Yeah. Went at it with those guys too. I know it's hard. It's hard to say. I can't even pick one. That's how good he was at, at all of them. Honestly, I don't think, I mean, he wasn't my favorite wrestler, but. As far as how he played his role in 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 the stories that he told and the matches that he had, it, I never actually had a problem with anything that he's done. So I, I, it's hard to to say which one is my favorite. Yeah, that's, I, I I think that's a, a fair assessment, <clears throat> even though you can't pinpoint it. Bitch. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> it's hard. Jess, what's your favorite man? Biker taker, Biker. without question. Biker. Yeah. 
Yeah, without question. I I never, the early taker, you know, it's funny. I'm a massive hypocrite because I had no problem with Hogan kicking out of everybody's finisher or signature move and hulking up and beating him. That was all all fine for me. Um, But (laughs) Undertaker, I absolutely hated him when he first came in. Not because he scared me like he did kids, but he, I hated him no selling everything and sitting up and doing the whole thing. um, I I hated it. And obviously, a lot of people loved it because he still. You know, during sure. the during the dark times, he carried Vince in a lot of ways. And you have but, to know too, like was that even him? No, he was told no, to do that. He was told time. to do that. But I liked a biker taker because <laughs> the end of the Undertaker gimmick, he was he had good matches in '97, obviously with Michaels in the first Hell in the Cell. He was always in the back telling Vince, "Let me fucking wrestle. Let me wrestle. Let me work." And like, no, he got to wrestle Brett in like '96, and got to wrestle Michaels in '97, and everybody knows what the hell of sells a fucking classic. Uh, him and Sean, yeah. and every time he wrestled Sean was great. Every time he wrestled Brett was great. Um, Brett, so he yeah. actually got to work hard. And then when he became the biker taker, though, he was actually able to drop all that dead shit and yep. actually just wrestle yeah. and work. And his match against Triple H at Mania 17, nobody talks about. But it was great and. Oh, everything at Kurt Angle, everything. Yeah, you look at the names he was in there with. Of course, they had to you know deliver as well. And look at the talent I'm talking about. But um, once he dropped the dead gimmick the first time, he was able to be the biker gimmick, which I liked. I love the topical music he used. I love coming down. Yes, I love yeah. coming down on the motorcycle. I related to him rolling, more, rolling, uh, not because I'm a big bad <laughs> Harley r- driver, but I mean, copyright. I I I related to the biker taker more because he was actually human, like he was actually being <laughs> yeah. a normal character in a weird way. He was a normal dude, uh, in the and same. then when he came the back the second era. time, when he came back the One second time as a dead guy, Hogan during that era. Yeah, when he came back as I hate say when he came back as the uh, the dead guy in the second time at Mania twenty he he was able to kind of take some of that worker Undertaker. He sort of is still the biker taker a little bit, but he still you know he did the entrances as the dead guy. But when he got in the ring, he worked and he ran and he jumped over the top rope and he did all of his stuff and he started working with these younger guys like Orton and Angle and even getting in there with Michaels after they both have matured. You know they. What do I say? You know about those matches? They're all classics and they're amazing. And uh, yeah, the biker taker to answer your question is my absolute biker favorite. for me. And I love that he ended it. He ended it with the biker taker. I love that. I love it. Yes. Yeah, it was, was awesome. AJ. And, yeah, something like that, yeah. Greg, what about you? Oh, I have trouble distinguishing the different eras with Taker, and I think that's testament to how he blended kind of the characters and as they morphed all together. So uh, in my head, I guess I'll just say last six years, maybe, like um, when he kind of walked through the smoke and he was untouchable and he was uh, more dead man, not so much biker, but hybrid of everything. But like, I have trouble determining the eras of is it what's that's the after evil? 20, then. What's yeah. phenom? What's um, what's biker? Um, what's the beginnings? That's um, not a bad thing, though, really, because like trying to distinguish all that is all opinion anyway. You know what's a great moment from the biker taker? What it was uh, when Big Show was uh, backstage looking for the Hardy Boys. He's like Hardys, <laughs> and then he not, he goes into a door, and then you see him like fucking like stumble out of the room, and then Undertaker Undertaker and Kane come out and beat the shit out of him. And he's like laid out on the floor, and then Undertaker goes, "Next time, knock." <laughs> it's 
fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> or when, yeah, when he was the uh, when he you know as the biker taker he started he even took on different little characters as biker taker. Big Red Evil yeah. was like a different yep. stage Big of the biker Red. taker, and right. that match against um, uh, Jeff Hardy, the ladder match on Raw. Like he made Jeff Hardy ah. singles career from that. Uh, on the yeah. documentary, you saw him make Randy they talked Orton, about that. And Vince actually yelled at him when he came back. He's like, what are you doing? Because he was bumping everywhere. He was taking <clears throat> clotheslines over the top rope for Orton. He was taking drop kicks for Orton, bumping. He's like, well, you, you want and me he's to, like, you wanted me to get right? the young guy over? That's what I had to do. And, and I think the Undertaker inside loved it because he's like, I could fucking work. Like, stop, yes. stop stopping me from working. Like, I love working. Yeah, like, I love being a good pro wrestler, which I love, like, watching. So speaking speaking of those matches, though, what what uh, what is your your top match it's gonna be hard to pick one jess i man so him and Shawn michaels back to in back-to-back years had the two greatest wrestlemania matches i would say ever um two of the greatest wwf matches ever uh two of the greatest uh you know american matches that were put forward by an american wrestling promotion ever uh how do you do that back to back? Well, you have Undertaker and Shawn Michaels as the two names you're talking about, but that's crazy. Yeah. They have they have that amazing match the first time, and then the rematch had to come close. And in my opinion, that is my favorite match. Their second match for some you reason, like I loved yeah. the first one. Don't get me wrong, I loved it. The second one was just phenomenal because they had that pressure. They had to beat the first one, and I think they achieved that goal by at least being equal to. So I will say the second Shawn and Undertaker is my favorite of Takers. Also, Brett versus Brett at SummerSlam 97 was also my favorite mm. Undertaker match. I love that match. I love the ending. I don't think there's a better last 30 seconds of any match in WWF history than the last 30 seconds of uh, uh, Brett versus Taker with Sean as a special guest referee. The spit yeah. take and then everything <clears throat> that they did in that match was just gold. And they worked together so well. I Those are my two. The second Michaels match and the SummerSlam 97. Yeah, check them out on the network. Cause what about you? What's your favorite taker match? Man, um, if we're gonna pick a few here, uh, if I went just strictly with moment, it's gonna be Undertaker Brock Brock beating the streak. That's gonna be my yeah. favorite as far as moment goes. But match, Jesus Christ, man! I love Bad Blood Hell in a Cell. I do love that Jeff Hardy and Taker. I hate, like I said, I love the Hogan and Taker match just because of the whole buildup. Um. Final four, I love that one too. There's, there's what a lot was of final four? There's so many. What was Taker final versus Austin versus Vader versus Brett? Yeah, in your house, final four. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but as far as Taker, I, I, I think I'll have to go with the. Uh, I think I love Bad Blood. Michael's on now. Michaels has been lacerated. Sean Michaels has been the first lacerated. time with Sal. That's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I'll, I think I'll take Taker and Foley, and Foley all day long. I, I, ah man, it just you know, there's so many good ones. I want to try to throw Angle in there, but Angle's stuff is good with Taker, but I don't know if it's my favorite. Um, and I'm an Angle guy, but I'm telling you, man, that that stuff with Foley is just magic, and you could never duplicate it. And I think even when things went wrong, they they were incessantly Thank right. You, Dave. You know, uh, great, great match. Gregor's, what you got? Uh, I'm going to bitch out and kind of just say the, the the four matches, the two with Sean, two with Taker. I mean, two with Hunter. 
Um, That's a good oh, choice. Yeah. The, Hunter, just, the Hunter Sledgehammer, right? Yeah, yeah. there's the CM Punk one, too. God damn. Just that series of four between... I've never leaned in as much. And that was kind of the, the moment that he... He became untouchable. I think, in my eyes, like you really start to realize you took it. Yeah, you took it. Uh, you took advantage of the fact he's been around for so long. You Undertaker matches, and you never quite like. I never could really get up for an Undertaker main event. But towards the end of that series, I mean, he's the yeah, he's pretty peak. good, just amazing. Where do you put that uh, Taker Orton match? I loved it. The Mania, the Mania match. Oh, they had good Ooh. matches even after Mania. But um, but yeah, that. I really like their Mania 21 match as well. I mean, how do you rank Taker matches? Hello? I don't know. Oh, I was getting feedback. Sorry. <laughs> I, was I was getting, getting major hot. feedback on me, too. Cuz is doing some shit on the screen right now. Knock it off, Cuz. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so, yeah, I had to make sure that, that feedback cut back. So, all right. Um, here's a question. Should the streak have ended? Um, yes, I'll, I'll jump on that. The, you know, the simple answer is yes. The yep. should it have ended where it ended? I'm not sure. Um, I love that Brock ended it in, in the ways that it did, but I also felt there were some people that really could have gone over and, and I want to make sure it's very clear. I don't think Taker had a choice in a lot of these. I think you would have put Orton over. I think you would have put others over. Um, it just happened to be Brock at the time. Right. He probably even would have put Michaels over at one point if uh, if he was told to. Um, but yeah, I think the streak should have ended. Maybe it didn't end at the right time. Maybe it could have ended later or sooner, but I, it definitely needed to end. What do you guys think? I think no. Whoa, really? Yep. I, I don't think there's a reason to ever do it. <clears throat> like, and I think that after he lost to Brock was a huge example as to why, like, they didn't know what to do. Like, they killed his purpose at that point. If he wasn't ready to retire when he lost to Brock, there's no reason that Brock should have beaten the streak. I, I I do get that point. I mean, you're saying if if the streak was going to end, his career should have ended. Yes, at that point. Yep. Yeah. So you're still saying it should have. And ended, I get I get that the the, the, the Brock match didn't go as planned because he hit his head. He had a concussion, and it wasn't. He doesn't remember, right? Yeah, it wasn't on the Michaels or Triple H level that he wanted to go out in. If that's the case, then he should have went out with Michaels. I'm not saying. Well, I mean, Michael should have retired when he retired too. He was getting old as well. But um, it just I. I think at that point, if you look after Michaels, when he retired Michaels, it was hard for him to top that match. I mean, how could you, right? The two matches. And like Craig said, the four years before that, two of Triple H in a row, two of Michaels in a row. I mean, how you, yeah. you can't top that anymore. So if he was going to lose to uh, Brock, as sad, you know, uh, lose to Brock in the streak. And if you want to come back as the biker taker for a few years, fine. But um, like the Undertaker died. Yeah. The Undertaker died when he lost to Mania, and I think that you watch every Mania after that, he got worse and worse physically, and the character didn't mean as much. And I don't, I don't mean that to shit on his thirty years that he's been in the ring, but it no. didn't mean as much anymore. He was because beat up, man. He was he, beat. He up. only wrestled once a year, 
to have his mania match. So after the streak's taken, why do you look forward to him wrestling once a year? You don't. Well, and, that, and that's part of the problem too. They yeah. talked in the documentary just that he would literally wrestle his WrestleMania match. He would have to go get some kind of surgery, rehab the entire time, and get back to the match, and then do it again. He did that for like three or four years, so he only could wrestle. And then, once if a you year. insist on that, if you insist mm-hmm. on doing that, when he folded his clothes after he lost to Roman two years later, again yeah, why he lost the second going? time. Just come back as the biker taker after that and face whoever he faced after that. And you know? say that's the death of the Undertaker. Yeah, right? just, now I mean, I, I just, I have a problem with that. I'm like, if you, they shouldn't have ended the streak if they were going to just seriously look like they didn't know what they were doing with their greatest creation after they take the streak. It's like they were like, uh, I don't know. Taker will tell you. He knows what he's going to do. It's like, no, Vince, like you, yeah. you should know what you're going to do. You might have listened to him yeah. when he said it's time for me to lose to Brock. That's fine. I respect that decision if Taker was all good with that. And I, I love Brock, too. But um, I just think that you afterwards, it showed that they literally had no plan for him. And I'm like, why? Why would you disrespect his yeah. career like that? Maybe that's a strong phrase. But why would you disrespect his career like that? Watching him flounder for three or four years and have shit matches and and fumble with moves and not be able to move in there like Roman. He looked awful against Roman and he admitted he did. And I'm not saying I disrespect his his legacy, but like he just the the ending sequence against Roman. He didn't know where he was. He literally stutter stepped and almost fucked up the spear spot. And it's like, wow, like that's not the guy I wanted to see after he lost his streak. I wanted to see. And even yeah. he was mad about that. Yes. Yeah. And, well, and, and that was the crux of the whole thing, right? Like, yeah, it could, the documentary would have been two episodes if he would have walked away when he probably should have walked away, which was that moment was perfect with uh, Rome Rock. after Roman Reigns putting oh, the Roman, gear Roman, in the yeah, ring. Yeah. And then you're putting the ring down. I remember reading Twitter that night and you're seeing the ring as everyone's taking the ring down and the stuff is still in the ring untouched. They respected him that much. I'm personally okay with the streak ending when it did because it was so shocking that you didn't kind of expect it at that point. I loved, I love, um, I love the fan reaction, Craig. Oh my God. This segues to like, so when was the right time? Like I'm segueing like street to career and the whole, ep- the whole documentary is about when is it time to say goodbye? When, when is it time to call your legacy? And he can't say goodbye. And he, whenever Vince calls him, Hey, come to Saudi Arabia, make some money. Cause Saudi Arabia wants a big marquee matchup. He goes and they shits the bed and has trouble. So, Roman Reigns was the perfect moment for him to walk away, and he didn't. And because, or like I said, at least retire the Taker character and come back as the biker after that. You know, like yeah, that's sure. fine. That would be a great story. He right. folded the thing right. up. Oh, Taker's going to retire, and then when Cena at the year that we went to New Orleans, right? Cena was baiting him the whole time. They made the whole storyline tour even up to the actual match. We didn't know if the Undertaker was going to answer the challenge and come out with Cena. And it didn't look right. like he was. If he would have came down as the biker and beat the shit out of him because he folded his clothes the year before against Roman and left everything in the middle of the ring. That is great storytelling. It just great, shows right there, yeah. that WWE is incapable of connecting with their audience, whether it's old or new. And that's why they did what they did with the Undertaker. And I get well, Taker says yes or no to everything. I get that. Right. I don't think it it's just WWE's shows the lack call. of creativity of it wrote itself. When you have him fold his clothes and put it in the middle of the ring, it writes itself that next year or the next time we see him at Mania, it is all biker. It's all biker. And so if he would have came out and beat the shit out of Cena as the biker gimmick, God, 
we, we were there live, right, Cousin Craig? Like, the, yeah. the pop was huge for the dead man. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, like, for the biker, biker, the place would oh, have went but nuts if, you heard if he came dead man walking. Dead man. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't even be able to hear anything And that would have made sense. Hard. And then, th- so think about everything going forward. He's, he flubs a little bit with Goldberg and Saudi. He flubs, you know, everywhere <laughs> as the biker. I believe the biker gimmick being a little bit more mortal. But seeing him as the dead man flubbing Saudi. Flub in other matches, not look good. That's not the dead man character. The dead man character was flawless. He no sold. He, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just that was the dead man. Leave it in the middle of the ring when you folded your clothes against Roman and then just yeah. do the biker until he can't physically go anymore. That to me is a story that writes itself, but the inability for WWF in the last five years or so to pick up on simple shit like that is why the it's not COVID. It's the it's just people hating the fucking product, and that's why the ratings are down. WWE, because like even from the documentary, Undertaker was upset that he felt he could go thirty minutes with Cena at that WrestleMania, and he was fully prepared to, and felt that he came back. Yeah, not like forget about like gimmick. It was like how long am I going to wrestle? And he seemed like he didn't know. And I think overall, uh, McMahon's comment about. his match with kind of Roman, he said it was always up to kind of Taker, but McMahon said a, a quote that said, um, Mark once told me that if we were ever to get into a situation where I'm going out there and I can't do what I'm supposed to do, tell me. I think that most everyone could sense that he was trying, but he wasn't there and he knew in his heart he wasn't there. And that's, yeah. that's what Vince says in that documentary. And then next year, I think he didn't trust him enough to go along with Cena. Um, so I think you, you like. So you why kinda, wouldn't you bring well, the, t- the biker gimmick out for a quick pop? That's the perfect time to do it. No, I agree. Right. But I think it's not, it didn't even get to that point. It's like, if you can't even agree on how much time you're going to give, like, take right. like the conversation yeah. of whether you come out on the bike. I think if Taker said, I want to come out on the bike, your gimmick would have done it in a second. I think it probably didn't even cross Taker's mind or wasn't yeah. a consideration. No, Taker sure. made a comment in the documentary. He's like, oh, I know a lot of people online think I'm going to come back as the biker or whatever. That's just fan. He didn't say fantasy booking, but he alluded to that's just the fantasy imagination of most people. And in my mind, I'm like, that's the obvious storyline, Undertaker. So Correct. physically, physically, you're not with it. And mentally, you're not with it. Goodbye. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mean to be a dick to him because he's he is he well, with, in the yeah. 30 years. He earns it. Right. But when he said that, I remember saying a lot to myself, <laughs> that's right. why that's why you struggled for three years or four years. Yeah, because you don't know what you don't know when saying. it's over. Yeah. You're a parody of yourself. You even say in the documentary, you don't yeah. know when you want to realize when you're supposed to walk away. If you don't realize what. The so you're mocking want, people you because they leaked away. it online. The biker gimmick yeah. should come back. But instead of saying, you know what, that's a good idea. And that's the obvious story. He's like, huh? Jokes on you. No jokes on you, man. Like yeah. you, you have a you bad hit bro. last year. Yeah. Well, yeah. not to mention it's it's cre- it's creative looking at go. Well, it wasn't it wasn't our idea, so fuck it. Possibly. Feedback. We're getting made. Cuz is doing something. Is that better? No. No. No feedback. Now it's better. All right. Good. All Jeez. right. So real quick, should he come back? Yes or no? Uh, I'm gonna say no. I know he will. I know he will. Yes or no? Perfectly, by the way. Just straight. Yes or no? No. Cuz. No. Craig. Should he? No. Will he? Yes. No. All right. Here's the big one. What's his place's history as as it sits? Do you put him on the monument? Is he the top four? You got him top ten. Where are you sitting him? 
I, uh, you know, when you watch a documentary, obviously you're going to side more with Undertaker and you're going to, you know, you see him be human. So you're kind of cool with that. You're like, wow, I'm seeing shit for the first time. You know, as a wrestling fan, for especially for as long as we've all four of us have been fans, when you see something that kind of like catches you off guard or something you've never seen before, you gravitate to it. So I say that, like, after watching the documentary, like, I don't know about Mount Rushmore, right? I've always been against that whole conversation. I think that's silly. Yeah, talk. the big four stuff. Uh, uh, because because there's so many different ways you could, you know, rank the greatest True. of all time. But um, I I will go back to what I said earlier. He's the greatest WWF character ever. And whether you want to give Vince That's credit true. or Taker credit or both of them credit, he's the greatest character ever. Uh, that didn't leave, especially. You know, like he never left, true. and he kept writing lo- lo- it out. Loyalty, loyalty is number one. It's not even a question. He never left. Um, yeah, you know, so he's number one there. If you want to put him on that pedestal, you can. I, I think that now, on- after thirty years, how can you not say he's in the greatest of all time conversation? How can you right. not say that? And if someone yeah, puts him yeah. in their top five, I cannot, especially the work he did on the last 15 it. years of his career, the yeah. Sean matches, the Triple H matches, the CM Punk match, the all that stuff. Like, God, he got in there with younger guys, not Triple H and Sean, but with CM Punk, and he still went with them. Like, even when he came back after the loss against Bray Wyatt, he looked great that year. He was a little bit more prepared and ready and didn't hit his head, you know, like he did against Lesnar. Um, so it was like he... I I don't know how I could ever argue with anybody that's like takers in my top five. I would have to be out of respect. Like that's acceptable. That's fine. Yeah. Like, but, yes. I, but I think, I think you argue when you put them on the, on the uh, monument, the top. Four I, I don't even like the monument conversation. I, I think that's a fantasy. People like that meme because they can, you know, put a visual with the talk. Yeah. And the like, face. honestly, like, but I, I always go like there's Hogan, there's flair, there's, there's Austin. I mean, there's the rock. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of people yeah. that were mainstream guys, but undertaker rock. was mainstream as well. Sting, you ask a lot of people. Yeah. Now you ask a lot of people now who the undertaker is that I think they know who he is like true. Truthfully. Um, That's why so, I put him on there over the rock. Yeah. I, I, mm. I don't even, I got, you can have that conversation. That's fine. I just, I don't, the monument thing is hard for me because I don't, I don't like excluding people. I just will say simply, if you want to put taker in your top five, I won't argue. I don't know. I, if yeah. I'm going to put him in my top five, I have to think about it. But and that's not a disrespect towards him. I think that's you know there's a lot of. I think him. he I think he sits right outside my top five. And I, I think that I if think somebody that's... if somebody's like you know what he's in my top five, I'm I'm going to be like I respect that. I think that's a great. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to give him yeah. shit for it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, top, and top and top ten is a no question, right? Top ten is no question. Oh, my I'm gonna be yeah, like, you sure. know what? I respect your decision, but do not tell Dave. He's going to give you so much shit right now. And they're like, really? <laughs> and then Dave comes in. He's like, fuck you, Undertaker. No, no. Craig, where you put them? I think it's, yeah, there's a whole bunch of variables, right? But I think when it comes to, uh, it's not so much tickets sold. It's not so much biggest pops. It's not so much whatever. I think uh, as far as business and what he gave to it and most respected. And I think if you ask every wrestler that's been in a WWE, WWF locker room, if they're on Rushmore, I think Undertaker's on Rushmore. Um, yeah. Quite frankly, and but again, like I, you can't. It's an impossible task, but it's also a very, very and fun they, task to debate. And to their credit, Craig, they they know him way better than we do. I mean, he they? was the judge in wrestlers' court for all those yeah, years, forever. like for the last fifteen Off with their uh, heads. <laughs> and I think that's like that perks some ears up when Cuz said I put him over the rock. Pack. That's a hell of a debate, but like, yeah, right. I mean, after watching this, like, I'm 
imagine walking through airports and not being the Hollywood guy and not being the SNL guy and, and, but protecting the business so much that you gave up everything for those 30 years. And, um, I don't know, man, it's, it's tough, but I would say after watching this, I guess I would say yes, but it could change. You see a rock documentary or, or Skinner documentary, five hours worth it might change my mind too, but it was powerful. And I would see he's, yeah. Cause where you put him in? I think I would, even though he's, like I said, he's not one of my favorites of all time. Same time, kind of is. I, I think I would put him in top five just because of what he means to the business. And honestly, I think um, as far as uh, the streak ending, I think that was the perfect time because what, what match did he have right before that? CM Punk, and it was a great match. And he had a bunch of great matches before Punk, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. To me, like if if someone would have beat the streak at the end after he had those shitty matches, it would have been like, well, who cares? But since he had some of those formidable matches where he looked actually pretty damn good and looked like a credible threat, I think that was a per- perfect time for Lesnar to beat him. I think he should have retired there. But I think it was also good if he would have retired against Roman because that would have been like the passing the torch and then he should have ended there. Or like just said, come back at Biker Taker. But I don't know. That just shows his longevity. And I think, uh, yeah, I think you would put him up there as top five. Well, there you go. Now, yeah, there you this go. awesome podcast that we just did, Jess, do you want me to degrade it by asking the last question on your you list? You do it and stop <laughs> talking back. <laughs> All right. All right. The, the last question is, how Ooh. absolutely gorgeous is Michelle McCool? She's one. I Every time I watch documentary, I was like, oh, I mean, I, obviously, we watch wrestling when she wrestled. And she's pretty, of, of course. But um, but then I was like, damn, like. Like she's a really good looking woman. Like take her good job, buddy. Like you, he gets to retire with that. Why didn't he retire sooner? Like if I, if I had Michelle McCool as my wife, when I, as soon as I lost to Lesnar, I'd be like, and about Michelle McCool. Let's be real. Day. I don't, I don't care if you're the Undertaker or not. If you're Michelle McCool, he's not picking you. She's picking him. Let's be That's real. true. That's a good point. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, you know, if I was sad. Taker after I lost to uh, Brock, I'd be like, am I good? I'm going to, I'll be spending the rest of my life with this woman. Get on out of here, Taker. Yeah, and usually it's a matter of seconds, two or three seconds, before someone succumbs to the pain. Natalia doing some job. It's a black ball out of the pain. And it's over. And she seems like she really cares for him. I don't, I don't, I didn't, in the documentary, I didn't think she came across as fake, right? I really don't think so. I think that she actually didn't want to be, you know, she had her own social media accounts for a while, but she didn't put Taker on there because she respected his legacy and he didn't want to be, you know, uh, you know, not the Undertaker yet, if that makes any sense. So I think that she was always very cool. I, th- I think she's a genuine person. Um, oh, cool. nope. and I she think was that his rock she- through like this. You could tell in this whole thing. She's his rock like in every. Uh, and she trains she in there with him. It's kind of cool. They were training together. That's kind of cool. Right. And, I saw that too. And know? her point when she talks, she's like, if Vince calls, he'll pick up the phone. So you can tell it's kind of deep seated. She blames Vince for not making him walk away. She, uh, she yeah. says it without saying it, huh? For yeah. sure. Yeah. Because she's hot and smart and she's fantastic. So there you go. Is she related to Carlito Cool? I don't know, because Carlito Cool. She was eating an apple. And it's rude. All right. <laughs> Is that what you said? Right. No? So, yeah, I mean, no, I honestly we didn't get cuz on uh, Michelle McCool's hotness and or role in this. Cuz? Eight. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Hit us up on Instagram at OWB2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget, we are also part of the WrestleHub family, all about wrestling podcasts. Find them at The Wrestle Hub on YouTube and Instagram. This is Dave, Jess, Craig, and fucking Cuz signing off with the OWP. Have a good one. And eight is respectable. Eight. Best regards. Best regards. I'm at a point. This time the cowboy really rides away. <laughs> <laughs>